Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hey, welcome to Texas Ag Today. So glad to have you with us. I'm your host, Kerry Martin, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture, from the piney woods of East Texas out to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. The state's largest farm organization is being recognized. I'm Jessica Dommel, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today. Typically, this time of year is when we have producer education meetings taking place all over the Texas High Plains. But with COVID, keeping those events intact hasn't been easy. I'm James Hunt, and I'll tell you about that on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus the latest news from Washington, Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. But first, here's Jessica Domel with news headlines. The state's largest farm organization, the Texas Farm Bureau, was honored with the prestigious Pinnacle Award from the American Farm Bureau Federation at its annual convention on Sunday. The Pinnacle Award is the highest honor a state can be awarded for program and membership achievement by the American Farm Bureau Federation. The American Farm Bureau Federation's annual convention continues online today. Registration is free. Sessions are available at fb.org. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service in Randall County will host an annual pre-plant producer update meeting online January 27th. The program is free and pre-registration is required. Details are available at today.agrilife.org. Ground pork has enjoyed strong retail performance since the pandemic began. From March 8th through December 27th, total ground pork sales from a dollar perspective rose 22% over a year ago. On a volume basis, ground pork sales are up 16%. National Pork Board Director of Channel Marketing Neil Hull is closely working with packers and retailers to tell the story. 50% of the people that bought ground pork during this pandemic time period were not purchasing it on the prior 12 months. So that's really, I mean, you talk about household penetration a lot from a from a brand side, and that's that's a marketer's dream come true to have that many new households. That was Neil Hull from the National Pork Board. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. One of the nation's largest farm conventions had to go all virtual this weekend. The American Farm Bureau Federation held its annual meeting virtually, and while the convention included many of the same features, farmers and ranchers had to go online to attend. However, that can present a challenge in rural America. American Farm Bureau President Zippy Duvall says the virtual event reaffirms the need for expanding rural broadband. 
We've always known that there was a great divide between rural and urban parts of our country when it comes to broadband. Broadband is not a luxury anymore. It's a necessity. And for farmers and ranchers to be able to access all the new technologies that are being delivered to the farm for us to be efficient and on the cutting edge and competitive with the rest of the world, we have to have broadband. Our rural communities deserve, and our farmers and ranchers deserve to have the health care that's being delivered through broadband. And our children, they deserve to have the opportunity to educate themselves through broadband. Registration was free for the virtual online convention and all sessions will be made available for 90 days after the convention wraps up. Wheat prices now sit at six-year highs and you can thank exports for much of that. Seven months into the 2021 marketing year, USDA forecasts total wheat exports will reach 26.8 million metric tons. If that's realized, it would be 2% higher than the previous year. USWheat.org says that number would also be 7% higher than the five-year average. As of December 24th, U.S. wheat commercial sales were 9% ahead of last year's pace at 20.6 million metric tons. Conducting farmer education meetings this winter is no easy task with COVID-19. James Hunt reports from Amarillo. Here in the Texas High Plains, our winter months are traditionally when there are all kinds of educational meetings for farmers and ranchers to attend. But the ongoing coronavirus pandemic is playing havoc with scheduling. Sadly, all of the Pioneer crop production clinics had to be canceled. But Danny Nusser, the regional program leader for Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, tells me many other producer meetings will still take place. Some will be the standard face-to-face gatherings we've all attended, but some will have to be conducted virtually via Zoom. Nusser says which format AgriLife can go with for individual meetings is determined in keeping with state guidelines that are updated every two weeks. It's based on the number of positives, whatever the trends are in that county, you know, whether we're seeing an uptick in numbers or, or a downward tick in numbers. And so they put together what they call red, yellow, and green counties. So as AgriLife makes its decisions, a red county would be one where a face-to-face meeting won't take place, whereas a green designation might get a go-ahead, provided certain precautions like social distancing and mask wearing are followed. Nusser says with the information on county ratings fluctuating, scheduling has been difficult. It's hard to make decisions in two weeks and then get information out about that to people, and that's really what's happening. We're having a last minute, having to make decisions about virtual meetings or face-to-face meetings, and agents are deciding that at the county level with their act committees, and it's causing a little bit of a delay in getting information out on what's going to happen. If you want to know what AgriLife meetings are taking place in your area, contact your county extension office. The quickest thing to do is just make sure to let your agents know that you're interested That way they can send you stuff in their newsletters or updates and that sort of thing. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Agricultural water conservation grants are available from the Texas Water Development Board. Tom Nicoletti has more. The Texas Water Development Board is now accepting applications for fiscal year 2021 agricultural water conservation grants. Now, applications are due to the TWDB in Austin no later than February 10th, 2021 at 2 p.m. that afternoon. To talk more about the uh, Ag Water uh, 
uh, grants, we uh, go to Austin and catch up with Kathleen Jackson. She is a board member with the Texas Water Development Board. And Kathleen, thanks for being with us today. And uh, what do people need to do to apply for these uh, water conservation grants? Well, Tom, it's, it's a pleasure to be here and to be able to kind of talk about uh, a program which we feel is extremely valuable and a great investment for all of folks across Texas. We know that an individual farmer can be up to 98% efficient. And so water conservation and promoting those type of strategies, both uh, on farm and within those areas where agriculture receives their water is a great investment for Texas. And we have $1.2 million that we are making available to promote these types of water conservation programs. So the first step, you have to kind of go through a political subdivision. So if you have a groundwater conservation district or uh, an entity that you work with, reach out to them. Uh, But we're doing both uh, on-farm as well as those type of agricultural water conservation projects that benefit a larger uh, transmission system. Yes, so improving irrigation efficiency, enhancing resilience to weather extremes, and climate variability, and promoting innovation of agriculture, uh, those are some of the areas you folks are targeting. Well, exactly, as well as soil health. And kind of what we know is that investment in type of water conservation strategies, particularly for, from folks who have been engaged in the past, really bring about significant results. And those results impact everyone, not just the individual farmer, because we tremendously depend on agriculture here in Texas, as well as we are, you know, feeding other parts of the nation and the world. And so to the extent that we can be more efficient in that utilization of water, then that in turn helps us to provide the benefits of agriculture to everyone. So we're looking for projects that provide kind of an educational outreach. We've had projects in the past that farmers kind of take on and do and and execute themselves and then share those results with their neighbors. Who is eligible to apply for the grants and what uh, do people need to do to actually apply? Political subdivisions are eligible to apply to the Texas Water Development Board for the grant financing. And so folks need to contact their groundwater conservation district. They can find out more information by going to our website, which is pwdb.texas.gov. Those comments from Kathleen Jackson. She is a board member on the Texas Water Development Board in Austin. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The latest agricultural export numbers are spurring some optimism about the year ahead. Gary Crawford reports from Washington. Agriculture Department economist and trade tracker Bart Kenner is truly dedicated to getting the USDA's trade update numbers out on time. This month, the deadline was Friday, and so, armed with a new and slower computer system, he started working on Thursday about 5 p.m. What time did you finish up? 4.30 a.m.-ish. Oh, so when I interviewed him midday Friday, he was just a little tired, right? I believe that's a safe bet. Uh, The news was enough to wake him up, though. The latest official trade numbers are for November, and Bart Kenner says U.S. ag exports in November were big, just a tad under $15.5 billion. Second highest we have on record dating back to 1976. First highest was November 2013, and that led into what was a record high export year. And Bart Kenner says judging from November and what's been happening since... It's not out of the realm of possibility that we might be 
on track to set a record for exports this year if the trend continues. With China buying a lot of corn and soybeans, Gary Crawford reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. There's an online book club for nature lovers. I'm Jessica Dommel, and I'll have the details coming up on Texas Ag Today. And heartworm treatment in dogs is very successful in most cases, but reactions are possible. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next on Texas Ag Today. When we moved to Texas, we were like fish out of water. We didn't know anyone in our neighborhood until our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent came to the house. She was so helpful and reassuring, a friendly face with that Texan hospitality I'd heard about. When we purchased a Texas Farm Bureau insurance policy, we knew we were making the right choice. We knew our family would be protected. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an insurance agent who's a true neighbor. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Well, if you own a dog and you live in Texas, there's a very good chance that you will have to deal with heartworms at some point. The good news is there's a very successful treatment for them. However, reactions are possible. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that. Heartworms are a common problem in Texas dogs, and the injectable treatment used by veterinarians is very effective, but reactions can occur. I was a little reluctant to do this program as I was concerned this would discourage people from treating their dog for heartworms. However, regardless of possible reactions, heartworms should be considered a deadly disease, so treatment is worth the risk in most cases. We've had two serious reactions in 40 years treating dogs at our clinic, and this is with two different drugs. So although reactions can occur, they are rare. Because the injections must be given in the back, pain at the injection site is considered a reaction, but it's usually mild and is not a serious problem. The most common serious reaction is due to pulmonary emboli or blood clots in the lungs that are caused by dying worms leaving the heart, decomposing, and fragments of the worms become lodged in the arteries and decrease blood flow to the lungs. This usually occurs 10 to 21 days after the injections, and signs include labored breathing, bleeding from the nasal cavity, coughing and decreased appetite. Strict confinement, oxygen if necessary, and cortisone are usually effective in treating the condition. This is the reason dogs are required to be strictly confined after heartworm treatment. And most reactions are due to severe heartworm disease and lack of confinement. The immature worms are treated with a product to kill them slowly over a period of time And reaction to killing these immature stages is unlikely, as we no longer use products that lead to a quick kill. The injectable heartworm treatment is the most effective option at ridding your dog of heartworms. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. There's an online book club for nature lovers. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report. If you love nature, conservation, and a good book, I found a book club you may enjoy. This month, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service relaunched its America's Wild Read Virtual Book Club. According to FWS, the quarterly book club will focus on inspiring readers to engage with nature and conservation literature, both classic and contemporary. FWS Conservation Library staff will weigh in on the reading material on the Conservation Library's blog. 
Readers are invited to join in by posting their thoughts. The first reading selection is by J. Drew Lanham. He's a hunter, birder, and lyrical writer. He's a master teacher and certified wildlife biologist at Clemson University. The book the club will read is The Home Place. It pieces together the memories of people and places that helped shape Lanham's identity. Information on the book and the book club are available on medium.com backslash FWS library. That is medium.com backslash FWS for Fish and Wildlife Service Library. Starting January 19th, the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service will host a pond and lake management webinar series for landowners who are interested in improving the quality of their aquatic habitat and sport fishing opportunities. The hour-long webinars will be hosted monthly and will continue through June. Speakers will discuss how to properly stock ponds, aquatic vegetation, herbicides and permitting, and managing fish populations. A link to register is available on today.agrilife.org. Simply search for Pond Webinars. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Well, we kicked off the week with a mixed close in the cattle complex. Live cattle close mostly lower, feeder cattle mostly higher. The cotton market, however, jumped back above 80 cents on the nearby contracts. We'll take a closer look at all of Monday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. back looking at another lopsided matchup jim today we have a combine taking on a train yeah that heavy train is about a thousand times heavier than the combine no competition there right especially given that it'll take at least a mile to stop that train that's 18 football fields it's no contest every day people are injured or killed trying to beat a train at rail crossings see tracks think train this message brought to you by operation lifesaver We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. It was a mixed trade in the cattle market to start the week. Both live and feeder cattle futures on both sides of the market. We ended up closing with live cattle mostly lower, the feeder cattle market mostly higher. February live cattle down a dollar seven one thirteen forty. The April down ninety five one eighteen thirty five. June live cattle down thirty two cents one fourteen ninety five. January feeder cattle up 17, 136 even. March feeders up 7, 136.90. April feeder cattle down a nickel, 139.02. Cash fed cattle market, well, it wrapped up a very quiet week last week. We did see a few sales midweek at 112. However, those prices didn't hold. We tailed off down to 110 on Friday. On Monday, things all quiet as we get ready to kick off another week of trade. Boxed beef prices mixed on Monday. Choice up 61 cents, 207.41. Select down 11, 196.58. Let's check the auction barns now. Columbus Livestock in Columbus, Texas, selling 650 head. The trend steady to higher. Two to three weight steers, $1.25 to 215. Three to four weight steers, $1.20 to 205. Four to five weights, $1.15 to $1.96. Five to six hundred pound steers, a dollar ten to a dollar seventy. Six to seven weights, a dollar to a dollar thirty-six. And the seven to eight hundred pounders, ninety-five cents to a dollar twenty-four a pound. 
Slaughter cows, 30 to 62 cents. Slaughter bulls, 55 to 84. Stocker cows, 550 to 1150 a head. Cow calf pairs, 750 to 1250 a pair. Carn City Auction, Carn City, Texas, 348 heads sold. The market called steady, two to three weight steers, a dollar thirty-five to a dollar fifty-five. Three to four weights, a dollar thirty-five to a dollar seventy. Four to five hundred pounders, a dollar thirty-five to a dollar sixty-five a pound. Five to six weight steers, a dollar twenty-two to a dollar sixty. Six to seven weights, a dollar eighteen to a dollar thirty-five. And the seven to eight weight steers, a dollar to a dollar thirty a pound. Slaughter cows, thirty-two to fifty-seven cents. Slaughter bulls, seventy-two to eighty-four. Stocker cows, eight twenty-five to nine fifty a head. Cow calf pairs, a thousand fifty to eleven fifty a pair. Now back over to the futures market where lean hogs close mixed. February hogs down twenty-two cents, sixty-eight forty-seven. The April up twelve, seventy-two ninety-five. Class three milk lower. January milk down eleven cents, sixteen fifty-nine a hundred. February milk down twenty-two cents at nineteen forty-eight. The cotton market climbed back above 80 cents on the nearby contracts. Traders looking forward to Tuesday morning's USDA supply and demand report. Now, the December report had a cut in cotton production down to 15.95 million bales. The average guess for Tuesday morning's report, 15.66 million. So another cut in the crop expected. We closed with March cotton up 66 points, 80.43. May cotton up 62 at 81.17. December cotton up 41 points, closing at 76.60 cents. We're not expecting many changes in the wheat stocks numbers in the Tuesday USDA report, so the market just drifted a bit lower heading into the report. July Kansas City wheat down three quarters, 601 and three quarters. July Chicago wheat down three, 628 and three quarters. The corn market, same story. Not a lot of movement heading into the report. September corn down a half, 4.56. December corn up a quarter penny, 4.40 and three quarters. In the energy markets, February natural gas up eight cents, 2.78. February crude oil down four, 52.20 a barrel. The financial markets lower. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down 89 points, 31,008. The Nasdaq down 165 at 13,036. The S&P 500 down 25, 3,799. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up another episode of Texas Ag Today. Thanks so much for joining us. Remember, we'll be right back here next time to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. Hope to see you then. I'm Kerry Martin for Texas Ag Today. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.